Well, you can't say that was boring. This is the Overtake F1 Podcast. I'm Tony Gazzari. Glad you could join us. It is our review of the French Grand Prix at Paul Ricard, a circuit that's taken a chair of criticism since it returned to the F1 calendar in 2018. Because the races are dull. The races have been dull. Lewis Hamilton winning both races in the past hasn't produced the most exciting events. It may be a midfield run, but that's about it. Sunday, however, it was different. Max Verstappen winning the race, passing Lewis Hamilton on the penultimate lap. He wins for the third time this season and also extends his lead in the World Championship. So how did he do this? And we'll discuss that. Plus, it was a good day for McLaren. It was an awful day for Ferrari. It was a really tough loss for Mercedes. One driver even said, I told you so. A reminder, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a five-star review if you like what we're doing. It helps us grow the podcast. Okay, so this was Barcelona all over again. If you remember just a couple of weeks ago, this time it was Red Bull who made the two-stop strategy work in their favor. Both Verstappen and Sergio Perez were on the podium, Jekko running third ahead of Valtteri Bottas. So let's get started. Let's at the start of the race, Verstappen losing the lead. He goes deep into the corner on the first turn, had to skip to the apex. He rejoined the field in second behind Lewis Hamilton. So at that moment, you got to think that Mercedes gets a tremendous break here. So they have a car in front and in back of Verstappen as Valtteri Bottas is running third. So now they can dictate the strategy of the race. And they did. Valtteri Bottas was first to pit. He comes out on lap 17. And he comes out fourth because now he's behind Hamilton, Verstappen, and Perez. On the next lap, that's lap 18, Verstappen comes in. So Red Bull makes the call to bring in him, and he has a relatively good stop, and he comes out ahead of Botas in third, with Perez moving to second. Now, when he pitted, he was behind Hamilton by just over three seconds. However, when Hamilton pits later, Hamilton comes out just behind Verstappen. Now, had Hamilton pitted on the next lap to Botas, that forced Hamilton to do the same thing, if everything had gone normally, Hamilton would have returned with the race lead. But now you've got the Red Bulls 1 and 2 with the two Mercedes drivers behind them. But there's 33 laps to go, and this was scheduled to be a one-stop race. So even if you're the strongest team with the strongest drivers, you're not going to be able to wear out those tires like they were, those hard racings that they were all doing at the front of the field. You weren't going to be able to do that the rest of the race. So now the question became, is this going to be a two-stop race? And if so, how so? Perez comes in on lap 24. Now that's key. We'll get to that later. Verstappen now with the lead, but two Mercedes are right behind him and they're closing the gap. The drivers start radioing in. There's concern for the tires. They're not going to make it last the rest of the race. There's 30 laps remaining and they're all driving it at full bore. So who's going to come in and do the two-stop strategy? And that's where we get the answer. It's Max, and he comes in on lap 32. Red Bull is going to try to use the remaining laps to catch Hampton on worn-out tires, but with fresh mediums, he comes in fourth place and starts closing the gap. Mercedes does not counter. They leave both Botas and Hamilton out there on worn tires, and their hope is that Botas can defend Max and protect Hamilton. And of course, that doesn't happen. Verstappen makes easy work of Botas and then passes Hamilton with no trouble on lap 52 and goes on to win the race. So now the question is, so why didn't Mercedes go for a two-stop strategy? Valtteri Botas, furious on the radio, he told everybody that, he, that this race required a two-stop strategy, but Mercedes believed that Hamilton would keep the lead after his pit stop based on timing. He did not. 
And what made the two-stop strategy problematic for Mercedes was Sergio Perez. And I think this is the key to the race. This is where Red Bull makes the brilliant calculation. Perez, remember, pitted on lap 24, which meant he went longer on his first stint of tires than both Bottas and Hamilton. So the tires were much fresher. He was not going to need to stop again. He was running on the one-stop strategy. If Hamilton and Bottas had pitted one more time, then they would be fighting both Max and Sergio Perez for the lead. And so the Silver Arrows decided, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to stay out on the track, and they're going to see what happens. Now, to be honest with you, they almost make this pay off. I mean, Hamilton is a lap and a quarter away from winning the race. But he knew it. He knew Max was not going to be behind. He couldn't defend Max properly. He knew that. And I think where Mercedes messed up is allowing Verstappen to undercut Hamilton in the first round of pit stops. How did that happen? Both drivers had relatively good stops. Verstappen was about three seconds behind Hamilton when he originally pitted, and yet he makes the successful undercut. So if you're new to Formula One, what an undercut is, if you're behind a driver and you decide to pit, now you have fresher tires. Now, the guy ahead of you is supposed to try to put out his best lap to try to increase the gap between him and you if you're both relatively going to be timed out the same going into the pits. So let's say an average pit stop going into the pit and exiting the pit is 25 seconds, and you have a three-second lead over your opponent. You're trying to extend that as much as you can because when the driver who's behind you comes out of the pit lane, he's on fresher tires, and he's going to be producing better lap time. So you're trying to increase that distance from, let's say, 3 seconds to 3.5. But if your opponent comes out of the pit lane and puts on a very, very good lap while you're in the pits, then he's able to pass you, meaning you come out of the pit lane behind him, he successfully undercutted you. And that's what Max Verstappen did. But all of the indications, all the timing indications for Mercedes was that that wasn't going to happen. That's why they pitted Hamilton when they did. So I really think what Mercedes messed up here was they allowed Verstappen to make the undercut in the first round of pit stops. They should have pitted Hamilton right after Botas, putting on those fresh tires to make sure that they were ahead of Verstappen when Max came in. And maybe Max comes in on the same lap. Maybe he doesn't. But I think that was the mistake. When Max came in, they let Hamilton out one more lap. Max comes out, was able to get the undercut, and Verstappen then takes the lead. But once Verstappen pitted the second time, I don't think Mercedes had the pace to play that game. And I'm in agreement with Hamilton on this, because Hamilton said this at the end of the race. Botas surely felt that a two-stop strategy would have worked in their favor. He certainly felt that a two-stop strategy would have meant that they would have been competitive for the win and a podium, no, no doubt. But I agree with Hamilton. I think the one-stop strategy was the only strategy Mercedes could have played once Verstappen pitted. I think trying to get by both Red Bulls would have been very, very difficult. And I think you take your chance. You see if Valtteri can properly defend, and you see if you can make the tires work. We've seen Hamilton do it in the past. Now, this was the same thing that happened at Barcelona. Mercedes made the two-stop strategy work for them, and in that race, Max was just a sitting duck. Hamilton was able to get past him and go on to win the race. Now, if you remember in that race, Hamilton was predicted to pass Verstappen much later in that race than he actually did. So they really made that strategy work. So overall, this was a very frustrating race for Mercedes. However, it wasn't terrible. 
Hamilton is now 12 points behind Verstappen in the championship round. Botas moved up to fifth. He passed Charles Leclerc, who did not score any points for Ferrari, and we'll get to that later. Obviously, they have better expectations than a P2 and a P4. So I'm not saying that it was a great day for Mercedes, but it's better than the last two weekends. Because a P7 for Hamilton at Monte Carlo was the only result that got points for them over the past two weekends. And granted, they're back on circuits, they're not on the streets, but at the same time, this is a little bit of a move up from what we've seen the last two races from them. Now, Botas didn't score any points in the last two races, and he got points in this one, so good for him. Now, would they have won this race if they had followed a two-stop strategy? I don't think so. I think Red Bull had the better pace on Sunday. Max would have still won this race, and I'm not going to say this weekend was awful, but it wasn't great. However, it, ju it just wasn't terrible. Red Bull, this weekend was incredible. They had two drivers on the podium, the team wins for the third straight race, they outfoxed Mercedes and made it stick, and they had the better car. It's that simple. They had the better car. Plus, they're now up 37 points in the Constructors' Championship. Now, one other bit of note here is that Sergio Perez is really starting to show what a choice he was for Red Bull after the 2020 season. Alex Albon would not have been on the podium for this race. Neither would Gasly, although I will concede maybe Pierre learned to drive the Red Bull machine over the, you know, the few seasons and would have been a, a, a great teammate for Max. I'm not sure. But I know this, Perez is. Perez is known for making his tires last. That's one of the, his characteristics. And that component really helped Red Bull's strategy on Sunday. They needed him to do that. They needed him to stay out there on those medium tires as long as possible before he switched to the hards. And it worked because it allowed him to have the fresher tires when he was out there so that the consideration of a two-stop strategy for Mercedes was out the door because they didn't want to compete with a Sergio Perez that was on fresh tires and then Max Verstappen as well. Having those two drivers try to get past those two guys, especially with Perez on fresher tires, wasn't going to work. And that's the key to the strategy. You get a guy who can go along on those tires and race the way Sergio Perez is, this is the teammate that's going to help Max Verstappen win a championship. It wasn't going to be Pierre Gasly, and it wasn't going to be Alex Albon. It is now Sergio Perez. The third time is a charm now, filling in the seat that was vacated by Daniel Ricciardo. It has worked great. It is really starting to come together. All right, so let's take a look at some other teams and see what happened to them in the French Grand Prix. Ferrari, a terrible day for the Scuderia. A no-good, rotten, horrible day for Ferrari. What a letdown. Both Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz started in the top 10. Both finished outside the points. Leclerc finishing 16th. 16th. Sainz drops to P11. Both drivers really struggled with their tires. What really stunk for Leclerc was that he was the first to pit. So that was their strategy, was he was going to be the first to pit. And that move put him up to up in the field, and then the tires started degrading, and he didn't have anything to do. He fell back. They even had a second pit stop for Leclerc just to experiment to see if it was something they el something else they could do about the tires, and it didn't work out. So he had to pit again. Never figured out why those tires were a problem, um, and that and, and he couldn't overcome the issue. And both drivers finishing out, and this is really tough because they're in a P3 fight with McLaren in the constructors' championship, and this sets them back pretty badly. They really needed to stick with McLaren every single race and to drop to have two drivers drop outside the points, that's just simply unacceptable. This was round one of a triple header, by the way, so if they don't figure this out by the time they go to Austria, they're going to be in real trouble. To have tire degradation problems in France, especially when both drivers had a really good pace of the car, both of them said that. At the start of the race, they had good pace with the car, but once the tires started wearing, forget it, they were done. 
And that's, that's, not, that's just completely unacceptable. And then you counter that with McLaren. You couldn't ask for a better day for McLaren. Think about it. You got two Mercedes, two Red Bulls on top. They go 1-4. So what is the best you can do as part of the midfield team? Go 5-6. That's exactly what they did. Lando Norris fifth, Daniel Ricciardo sixth. And that's, that's a perfect result for McLaren. Norris runs P5, continuing a streak of points in all seven races so far this season. And Ricciardo was excellent. He started P10, he finished P6, great moves to get there. Ricardo right now is a work in progress because he's trying to put in a lot of effort to learn the car, learn the machine, and he's put a lot of effort into that, and it's really starting to take shape. You can see it. He had an early pit stop that allowed him to undercut several drivers. He held off Pierre Gasly and Fernando Alonso, and now McLaren has opened up a 16-point lead for P3 heading into Austria. That's a great result, great result. Alpine, mixed results for the team. Alonso finished 8th after starting ninth. Uh, like all other teams, they had trouble with the tires early on. Alonso made the hard tires work after the pit stop. He felt that he had a good pace on the car, and that's a good sign for them. He even said afterwards that with a few more laps, if there was a few more laps left in the race, he could have taken Gasly and Ricardo. That's a good result for Fernando. However, Esteban Ocon just struggled. He was out on the hard tires for a long time. He couldn't make the mediums work at all. He fell back from P11 to P14. Very, very tough day for them. Aston Martin lost in all of the strategy talk up front with what Red Bull was doing was the fact that Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel got points on a day where their strategy really worked for them. Now, both drivers had terrible qualifying results. On Saturday, Lance Stroll, he finished 19th because he was not in a timed lap and Mick Schumacher crashed in P1, and that meant that Lance Stroll didn't get out of P1. So he started 19th. Um, and Sebastian Vettel had some understeer. He couldn't get out of P2. So he started 12th. So you've got the two guys starting outside of the points at the start of the race. So their strategy was they're both going to start the race on hard tires and make them run a very, very long time so that at the end, they'd get the fresh mediums and then they would see what would happen. And they made it work. Vettel finished ninth and also pointed out to going that he went off the track and that was something that prevented him from running with the mid group near the end. Stroll, he went right through the field um, and finished 10th. So it was double points for Aston Martin. Very good strategy, and it worked for them to get points in France. Alpha Tauri, Pierre Gasly finishing seventh. Yuki Sonoda had to start from the pit lane after changing his gearbox. He made his way through the field. He finished 13th. Alpha Romeo, nothing to write home about. Antonio Giovinazzi with 15th. Kimi finishing 17th. There was nothing going on there. Williams saw George Russell finish 12th. That's a good day for him. Nicholas Latifi, he just complained about the car the whole day. He ran 18th. And then you have Haas rearing out the field. They have Mick Schumacher 19th and Nikita Mazepin 20th. All right, so the end result of France is this, that Red Bull now clearly has the advantage so far this season. And that's different. We've had our ups and downs with this throughout the year. I mean, remember in the opening race in Bahrain, we saw Lewis Hamilton win just a seven-tenths of a second over Max Verstappen, and we thought, oh gosh, we're going to have a championship battle. We get to Imola, and Max Verstappen dominates that race, but the storyline was Lewis Hamilton going into the gravel and then getting a P2, and then we still go, oh, there's a championship race. And then the two races, Portugal and Barcelona, we saw Mercedes show up, and Mercedes started to pull away a little bit in this. And that was my big concern earlier in the season was, Red Bull better figure out a way to get back into this championship because if Mercedes continues to have races like they did in Portimao, like they did in Barcelona, then they were going to pull away in this championship, and we weren't going to have a fight. Now we do. Max Verstappen winning in Monte Carlo, Sergio Perez winning in Baku, with Verstappen and Hamilton not getting any points, so there was really no movement in the standings, and then Max pulling this off 
in France. And even though Hamilton came in second, and it's just a few more points in the championship, all of it's going to matter. There's two more races in back-to-back weekends in Austria, and we'll see where Mercedes goes from here. But right now, you're starting to feel like Red Bull's putting the right pressure on this team. We haven't seen that in a while. And now we're starting to see it. So I'm glad to see this championship battle sort of get back to what we thought in the beginning of the season after these last couple of races. And it was good to see Red Bull make a strategy work for them instead of being on the other end of what Toto Wolff has done in the past. I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant maneuver by Christian Horner. And it was all of the elements that you want in a strategic race in Formula One. You decide to go for the two stops, knowing that your driver is going to be able to make up that ground. And you also have another driver that's in position to force the hand of the other team. Sergio Perez doesn't stay long on those tires. Maybe Mercedes goes for this two-stop themselves, and then they just go pace for pace. But because Perez is out there, because he's going to be a factor in the overtaking to get the lead, you can't. You have to just say, let's go with 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 the dice here and see what happens. And they couldn't do it. And they couldn't hold on. As a matter of fact, Max Verstappen said right at the end of the race, this was easy. Passed him with no trouble. And now you've got a real fight. So back-to-back weekends in Austria, and we'll see again where this championship is heading. I love triple headers because, again, it's a lot of work on teams to get those cars ready. Now, it won't be when they get to Austria because they'll have that one setup. They'll run both weekends. They'll make adjustments as they go, but we're not going to two other different tracks. We're just going to one. But, again, it's, it's tough for teams to sort of make that quick turnaround, and we'll see who does it the best. Overall, this was a great race. Great race. Great from the strategy standpoint. Great. It was thrilling to see Max move his way up through the field. Again, it was a different French Grand Prix than we've had in the previous two races since the circuit returned to the Formula One calendar. Kind of dull, kind of boring, but not on Sunday. That was a very, very good race. All right, we'll have a preview of the Austrian Grand Prix coming up later on this week. Again, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a review if you like what we're doing. Again, it helps us grow. If you need to reach the show for any reason, you can find me on Twitter at Tony D Radio. Also, you can email the show at theovertakef1podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up there. We love to hear if you have any questions about Formula One, if you'd like to get anything answered, we'd love to do that for you as well. All right, this is the F1 Overtake Podcast. We'll see you later on this week for a preview of Austria as we continue along. Again, thanks for listening.